Welcome to the Your Fearless Journey podcast with Becky, Kat, and Heather, where you can grow through your fears with courage and live your life wildly inspired. I am so excited to introduce our super special guest today. She is actually a really close friend of mine and Becky and Heather's. We actually went on a trip recently with her for a long weekend and learned so much about our friend Peggy Dunn. Woo! She, oh man, she is the she's a wellness and mindset mentor with over 15 years of experience as a mental health therapist and she's a life coach, a certified functional medicine health coach. And she helps highly successful, accomplished women learn to transform their relationship with food, discover what they're truly hungry for, and satisfy their deepest craving without using food. I know just within like one conversation, you made a massive impact in in how I eat, and it's helped me. And that was on our ride down there, I think. It wasn't even on our ride back. It was on our ride down there. I'm going to share that in a little bit. But you have a program called the Satisfy Your Hunger Program. And it's a four-step process that creates or was created to help clients reveal the root cause of their their overeating, release the associations made between food and emotions and reprogram your brain to create new neutral or neuro pathways to reprogram like negative thoughts and emotions and, and habits that get in the way of like loving ourselves and living the life that we desire and restore healthy habits that serve us. So I love that reveal, release, reprogram and restore. I absolutely love that. Peggy, tell us a little bit about like where you come from, where, you know, how you got to where you are. And we are so excited to hear your story. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. I really appreciate it. And I so enjoyed being with you guys. It was really a fun trip down there. Mm-hmm. And it was so awesome. Any time you spend 40 hours in a car with people, you're going to get to know them. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> you or not. But it was so fun. And we all still awesome. like each other. Yeah, <laughs> right? We love each other even more. Yes. Yes. There were so many laughs, so many yes. like, tears, you know, breakthroughs, yeah. things that we hadn't really told people before, you know, were, were divulged. It was, it was so impactful and such an awesome time. And you just like helped us open up in, in levels, you know, that we hadn't opened up before. And then the same thing with you, you were able to open up, you know, in a safe place and levels you haven't been able to before. Yeah, that's for that's sure. awesome. It's really great because I've spent my whole life putting myself in a box, so to speak, because I grew up um, with a traumatic childhood. I mean, my mom died when I was five, and my dad got a promotion immediately thereafter. So we moved like two or three weeks after the funeral to a whole other area. So wow. I wasn't around family or friends, and I was only five. So that started, uh, my grandmother came to live with us, and she took care of us, and at first I was her little helper in the kitchen. I really enjoyed that. And she taught Mm -hmm. me to cook, and 
a few years later, like when I was like nine, suddenly I'm in charge of cooking dinners for everybody. Wow. Yeah, it was, I remember pulling up the chair to the stove, pulling up the chair to the sink so I can wash dishes and all that stuff. It was like strange. And I remember the babysitters, you know, anytime I would ask, you know, where mom was, they would say, you know, we don't want to talk about that. And they would just give me a cookie or a sandwich. Mm. So unfortunately, I gained weight at a very early age. I was like five or six when I started gaining weight. So I was pretty obese most of my life. So I had to overcome that. And which thankfully I did. I lost a lot of weight in high school. I lost 50 pounds in high school. Unfortunately, I gained it back within a couple of years. Yeah. So, and that happens a lot with people. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot. And then I started realizing what was missing was I needed to change my mindset. Mm. And that's when things started to change. And that's how I came up with that program, Reveal, Release, Reprogram. So good. It is good. Peggy, so when you think I'm looking at your story, because we actually just did a podcast recently. We did a series on what's your story And we talked about, you know, what is our old story, like that story we grew up with, which is like for you is that you were five years old when your mother passed away and you were, grandma was teaching you how to cook and you literally took over the household at nine, which is crazy. Um, And, and then that story of, you know, anytime you asked about your mom, oh, we're not going to talk about that. Here's a cookie, you know, here's a sandwich here, just, you know, and so it was that story that developed between that food and that emotion. Mm-hmm. If you were to look at your old story, so we're going to call that your old story, like that from your childhood, would you, what would you name your movie? Like if you could look at that, like what name would you give it? Um, Nobody wants to hang out with me. Mm. Because I remember as a child in, when I was eight or nine, you know how kids go out and play after school? Yes. Well, because I was in charge of cooking dinners, I didn't get the hour or two after school. I got like 30 minutes, and then I had to go in and start dinner. So my friends told me, you know, we don't want to play with you anymore. You always have to leave in the middle of a game. Wow. So... I didn't, so I decided at that moment, you know, nobody wants to hang out with me. Yeah. And that became my story throughout my whole life. And my story was nobody wants to hang out with me. It's interesting because even that aspect of it, like just the fact you were cooking dinner every night, like it's so surrounded by food, like, you know, um, all parts of it. That's yeah, I was thinking about that, and I thought, you know, I didn't stand a chance in terms of associating food with life. Right. You know, you know, you're in charge of cooking, so of course food was my passion, my life. Right. Whether I wanted it to be or not at that point. No, it almost seems like it would be like a food equals family sort of a feel. 
you know, because you were cooking, you're taking care of the family. It's, you know. And friends. Like, you would, it it would have been nice if you could have somehow included friends or, you know. What what was that moment, Peggy, when it shifted for you? You know how sometimes, like, we're going along and, and we hit a moment where we're like, okay, something has to change, you know. Yeah. You'd lost the 50 pounds, you gained it back, but, you know, what was the moment you were like, oh, my gosh, I have to fix this now? Did you have a moment like that? Oh, yes. Yeah. Like a low I moment. like your... Very clearly, I was at work, and the boss ticked me off. He yelled at me in front of everybody. You know, and I was afraid I would lose the job. After all, nobody wants to hang around with me. So I was afraid I would mm. lose the job. So I couldn't say what was really on my mind. And I remember putting food in my mouth. And I worked at one of those jobs where you work in cubicles and everybody answers the phone. Yeah. And I remember I was stuck so much food in my mouth that the phone rang and I could not answer the phone. Mm. There was no way I was going to chew it all fast enough. And I remember my coworker, he looked at me, shook his head, reached over and answered the phone for me. And I was like so embarrassed, humiliated. Mm. And what was even worse is that after work, I went home and I found myself in front of the icebox looking for something to eat in spite of the fact that I wasn't hungry because I wanted to forget that feeling of embarrassment, that feeling of shame. And I remember closing the door going, what am I doing? My whole life is wrapped around food. And I'm like, something's got to change. And I went and sat on the couch, and, you know, I'm beating myself up for eating too much, not being able to handle it, et cetera. And I thought, stop, stop. Let's look at this differently. I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm just going to come from a place of curiosity. Mm. Why do I really want to eat? Obviously, I wasn't hungry. And that was the beginning of the change. I realized I needed to just accept that that's what I, how I lived my life up to this point. Now, what was I going to do about it? And that was, I went on what I call an objective data gathering mission. Just love it. Come from a curiosity. Why yeah. did I want to put food in my mouth? Obviously, it was because I didn't want to feel those feelings. So good. So I have a question. Uh Uh-huh. So did you have someone or a book or something you've seen or anything that led you to do that self-examination of, like, sitting there and being like, that's it. I'm changing this mindset. Or did God just prompt that for you to do that? Actually, I, I believe it was a God thing because I picked up the book, Norman Vincent Peale, The Power of Positive Thinking. Hmm. Great book. And I literally changed my mindset. 
I did not know at the time I did this that it was, I literally remember when I was beating myself up, I literally prayed for an out-of-body experience because I wanted to get away from myself. Mm, wow. Wow. And I'm like, okay, obviously I cannot live the next 50, 60 years this way. No, yeah. So when I picked up that book, I I looked at it and and I remember Philippians four eight, the one that says, What's so things are ever true, noble, lovely, think upon these things. Yes. So I decided wow. if it didn't match up with that, I'm not gonna think it. Wow. Perfect. That's awesome. That is, so, that is awesome. Yeah, and that's funny that you mentioned that because we talk about that all the time. That's a pivotal book in, I know, my life and Heather's as well. Heather even teaches on it, the 4-8 principle. It talk, it's like a devotion where you have a devotion every single day. The joy-filled life, you know, mm-hmm. is, is what it's called, the 4-8 principle. And it's by Tommy Newberry. And we talk about it all the time. It's like a very quick uh, daily devotion, I guess, you know, or whatever, but he gets you like tangible things to do and think about each day. And man, it just, I can tell it's only 40 days long, but I do it multiple times a year because I find myself falling back into those old habits and falling back into the negative again. And then I find myself kind of getting in like a down mood or, or losing my joy. And I'm like, okay, I'm losing them. I have to get back in that book and remind myself again how to get my yeah. joy back despite my circumstances. Right. Yeah, I, I remember that. bringing it, every time I thought a negative thought, I'm like, no, I can't think this. So I started, what I did was I would sing this song, Stop in the Name of Love, Before You Break My no. Heart. Stop. And when in I the I name of love, <laughs> you before you break my heart, think it over. That is so I good, Peggy. And I would put songs out, and I would do the Martha Ricky Bell dance while I did that. Yeah, yeah. In the name of love, before you break my heart. Yeah. Because so good. That and that always made me chuckle. <laughs> Yes. I didn't know that's it. That's so good. It's actually called a pattern interrupt. Yes. Yes. So good. Okay, what are we going to think instead? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I discovered later when I studied brain science, brain science, you can't just decide not to think something because your brain right. doesn't tolerate a void. You Don't have think about pink elephants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I would think, what am I going to think instead? Yeah, that's it. And so I um, had to rewire my brain by every time that happened, stopping the name of love, which which made me chuckle. And then and that action of my aunt was a physical anchoring in my brain of the new mm. way to think. I so love good. it. I love it. And it that was amazing is- to me how that actually works. It does. That's so good because you're incorporating so many different aspects of rewiring your brain just in that process yeah. right there. So yeah. I think the culmination of, uh, you know, switching out the thoughts, 
the song that makes you chuckle, doing the yeah. actions, you know, creating that pattern interrupt. That's and, powerful. And that is super powerful. I love that. I'm making notes on that, by the way. I am too. I am too. <laughs> what, did you, what did you say? Um, the, this made or, or the arm movements were an anchor. Can you, yeah, what did you say? Physical them? anchoring. Okay. Because I look at the, the neural pathways in our brain. If you've ever seen a metal cable, all it is is threads wrapped around each other. So mm-hmm. each time you do this, you're laying another thread. Mm. So when you do that enough times, you be, make a cable which establishes, a, which rewires your brain and establishes a new habit. Mm-hmm. So you're bringing it to your awareness, you make a decision, and you physically anchor it in. You do the pattern interrupt and physically anchor it in. So good. I love that. I mean, right there, Peggy, you know, drop the mic, walk away. That is life-changing. Yeah. Seriously. It was. So let's go. It was. Yeah. Let's repeat that. You said three steps. Yeah. I I became aware of what my thoughts were. Mm Mm-hmm. I made a decision that I wasn't going to think that way, and I tried to replace them. What am I going to okay. replace them with? I did the physical action as a pattern interrupt, because the chuckle was a pattern interrupt. You can't laugh and be thinking of all these bad thoughts at the same time. Right. You just <laughs> So the chuckle was an important part. Yeah. Oh, at the time. Yeah. And then when I was doing the Margaritaville dance, it was a physical anchoring in yeah. Way of thinking. Yeah. I'm like, yes, it was totally silly, but it was so effective. Yes. I know until many years later when I studied brain science. Oh, by the way, there's a thing called pattern interrupt. There's a thing called physical anchoring in. There's yeah. rewiring. I'm like, oh my gosh, I was doing this long before I knew about awesome. it. So that's totally what's super odd. cool is that you were naturally doing the right thing in order to change this emotional eating. And then you find out later, okay, here's the science behind what I was already doing. That is fantastic. That is so That's cool. That's why when Becky said, is this a God thing? I'm like, oh, yes. Yes, it was. That, yeah. Was that particular book, The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale, that That's changed awesome. my life. It literally got me to accept who I was as I was in that moment. And learn how to change my mindset. The beginning of how to change my mindset. Yeah. Yeah. That process. I can so so relate to that too, Peggy, because I had an experience similar. Like, because I didn't know, nobody ever said, hey, you should work on your personal growth and development. You know, like God just like gave me some tools and little did I know that's what it was. So. Yeah. That's true. I love hearing that. That is so good. I do too, because it shows that, you know, it, it is opening my eyes right now that God says that we're never alone. He's always with us. And you, you, Becky and you, Peggy, are like straight up scripture. I don't even know how to explain it because it's like all coming to me right now. You're, you're like scripture pictures in front of me that, that even if you know, the, the people that raise us or the people that we're surrounded by don't 
raise us in the way we should go, you know, like the word says, or they don't don't. give us, yeah, they don't give us the foundation in Christ that he knows we need and that we have to have to be able to carry out out our purpose for him. Then he just straight comes to us, our, his self, like he, and he just puts in your hands what you need to be able to reach your full potential you know, yeah. despite if anyone on the earth ever does it. Yeah. Yeah, he really does. Because another scripture that was almost like right on top of this, anytime I have doubts, can I really do this? It, this is hard. Because obviously it took some time to make this a new habit. The other scripture that came to mind, I think it was Philippians 4.13. No, I can do everything in Christ. Mm-hmm. And that was another one. If I did, if I doubted it, well, I can do it because God said I can. Yeah. So just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And you're going to get it done. Right. Take an action. Yeah. 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 He's helped me immensely over my life. There's no, just no two ways about it. Right. But that's what's so awesome is we, we tell our stories because there, no one can argue with them because we experienced them, you know? And so when we, when we share our stories, people can relate to it. Like Becky, you related to Peggy or people, it can be inspired by it. It can motivate them to be able to do the same things. And when you, I love how just in telling your story, just in this few minutes we've been on here, you've said tangible steps for us to take and just made it so simple. You know what I mean? Like you've explained it, not in this scientific, you know, like hard to understand way, but you've made it realistic for everyone to, to be able to overcome these, um, you know, problems with eating or overeating or, or whatever the, the food, you know, issue is that we have. That's so awesome. That's so good. Well, Peggy, I, love, oh, go I ahead. always have a challenge with, with coaches and things like that. They tell you what not to do, but they don't always tell you what to do. Right. Mm. Like, I want to know how. Where's the how behind this? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, here's what you do. You bring it to your awareness. You make a decision. You do this. You rewire. And instead of, well, you need to change the way you think. Okay, great. How do I do that? Right. Right. (laughs) And I'm like, well, I want to give you the steps to do that. Yes. Yeah. So good. I love, Peggy, that you talk about emotional eating because there's a lot of people out there that they can give you the diet plan, they're going to give you the exercise plan, but what you do is you really get to the root of the issue. Um, I Several years ago, I had lost 40 pounds, and I realized, and the reason I was able to lose it was... You know, I, I I had to do the things, right? But I got to the root of food was family to me. Mm. Because because the best times that I remember with my family, it was around the dinner table. It was over food. We were at a restaurant. We were we get together now. We always talk about food. Like, 
We did a whole podcast on Thanksgiving where we were talking about this massive spread. We literally eat all day. And I realized I always felt like I had to say yes to food because if I said no, then I would be saying no to family. Yeah. And, you know, in reality, and you're helping people like me who somewhere in there, in the deep recesses of our soul, is a connection between an emotion and our food. And you're helping us to release that. Yeah. And people don't take the time to ask themselves, why am I eating this? What is What do I need in this moment? Mm. What am I hungry for? Because I guarantee you it's not broccoli you're reaching for. If you were hungry, you would reach for broccoli. Poor broccoli. (laughs) Hey, man, I like some roasted broccoli. I have introduced my son to air fryer broccoli, and he loves it because it gets all roasty, toasty, and a little bit of crispy. And he will actually gobble it down. He's 15 or almost 15. Yeah. And he will. So I'm like, that's miracle right there. (laughs) (laughs) Kids will eat vegetables if you cook them right. Yeah. When I grew up, it was always open a can, put it on in the pan and warm it up. Maybe put some butter on it. Yeah. Right. Did nothing tastes good from the can, let's be honest. No. Yeah. Unless it's tomato sauce. And it, even at that, I still spice it up. <laughs> yes, that's true. And yeah. you, um, you have several different ways that people can be inspired by you and, um, ways that, that we can work with you to be able to change our mindset and to work on our mindset and, and change our eating habits. And, um, and, and not only that, but dig deeper into the uh, mindset that we already have behind why we eat what we eat or overeat or skip meals or whatever it is. Can you tell us a little bit about how you help people? Yes, I am. I, I, first of all, I have 15 years of counseling experience. I'm also a mental health therapist, as you mentioned so I feel like I have a unique background and that I can bring that along with the health coaching. That's why I don't touch the diet and exercise portion because those are actions you take, which when life throws you a curveball, I promise you, you're going to go back to your old habits. Right. Which yes. in most cases is reach for the food. And people always assume it's overeating. Sometimes it's not. Some people are all underweight because they ignore food. It's a matter of control. They Ooh. feel like food is the only thing they can control. Mm-hmm. Got it. So yeah. I help people one-on-one and through food coaching as well to get into the mindset Get into managing, you have to master your mind, or your mind will master you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have to be able to manage your emotions. First of all, to be able to identify them. You'd be surprised how many people can't tell you what emotions they're feeling besides happy, sad, angry, and fearful. Oh, it's true. I actually, uh, my husband is not 
he doesn't do feelings. <laughs> and so I gave him, uh, it's, it's the emotion wheel. So it's got like all the different emotions and there's so many more emotions than happy, sad. You know, I, I'll use it for myself going, Oh my gosh, I actually feel devastated. Like that's different than like, yeah. you know, or it's I feel yeah. elated. Or, you know, it's got these nuances to it that you don't even realize. I've had families that I'll tell them, play a game with your family. I want you to make a face and somebody has to tell you what you're feeling. Mm. And it's amazing how, you know, are you frustrated? Are you annoyed? You know, you can tell the difference. Yeah. And when you are wrong and they identify it, you begin to learn what does it look like? What does it feel like to feel oh, good? Yeah. I used to do that with Sam. My youngest is autistic. And that was how we taught him emotions because he wouldn't know how to even show his, much less understand how he felt and what he was he was supposed to be doing what, what action is appropriate for the feeling he had at the moment. Mm -hmm. And then also to recognize somebody else's feelings by looking at them. So so we've had to work really hard on that and we would have pictures. It would show like a little scene, you know, like a, a, like a comic book or something, you know, like two little pictures and it would show, the before and after of a situation, you know, like a little kid getting a ball stolen from him and then them crying, you know, how do they feel? And so he would have to, we'd have to talk through the pictures with him very similarly to what you're talking about with the game. And why do they feel that way? We have to, we have to, and I've written this down here because this I think could be a whole podcast later on down the road. Like we can't just say, don't do something or you can't have something. We need to know the why. Like I look back in when I worked, used to work in dental practices, you know, like I needed to know, I couldn't just cross this T and dot this I and get to this screen and do this and put that there. And then, you know, poof, hit the button and it's in the computer. Why am I doing that? Because if I know why, then I can get there and you don't have to keep telling me how to do it over and over again, you know? Um, process. Yeah, yeah. And you said that we have to know the why behind it and we also need to know the how. You know, we ha- we we can't leave out the how because it's like, okay, well that's great. I know why I need to do that. So how do I get there, you know? And um if we leave off the why or the how, then people are going to stay stuck. Yeah, exactly. That's why I take my coaching to that level, because you do need to know why are you doing this? Now that it makes sense, you can reason your way through it, but you still need to know the how, because like I said earlier, you're taught, don't do this. Okay, great. I'm not going to do that again. So what do I do when I get in this situation? Right. You've never done it before. So how do you know what to do? Somebody needs to let you know. Yeah, so true. Yeah, you were. I think you were going to say something a second ago. What's on your mind? Um, I was. I was going to ask, which we can move on in a minute. But so, Peggy, like with your background, uh, therapy counseling, what is the five? If you're telling someone who is like getting really overwhelmed, what's the five um, emotions that come up all most like most when you're talking to someone or you're coaching with them? When they're overwhelmed. Well, 
Well, no, I mean, whenever they're talking about changing their mindset of about food, like when they if it's someone who's never really been aware of their emotions, what are the, the top few that come up mostly? Well, one is to change your mindset, which is to know what it is you're thinking, because your thoughts drive everything. Everything starts with an idea of thought. That's where your emotions come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to manage your emotions because out of your emotions come our words. So you have to manage your communication, both to others as well as to yourself. You have to take the right actions, develop the right habits. Does that make sense? Yes. I like to throw in gratitude and everlasting experience, everlasting celebration. Because so many Ooh, I like that. Hang on. Everlasting celebration. Yes. That so is fantastic. It's so caught up in living life that we don't take time for fun, play, yes. and adventure. We get so serious about everything. Well, when you insert play, adventure, you allow yourself to become creative, which gives you different solutions, a new way of being toward this same problem. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, you can think of it differently. And you can play with it instead of, I got to do it this way. It's either mm-hmm. right or wrong. Good or bad. No, it either works or it doesn't work. Take out the (laughs) Yes. Right? And that's one thing we love about you, Peggy, is you just say it like it is, and there's no messing around. Why beat around the bush? You know, and I love it. Right? I do. Yes. I I love Love it. Love it. Now, what did you say? You said you, you do something and... Throw in everlasting celebration. What was the first thing gratitude. you said? Gratitude. Gratitude. Yes. yes. Gratitude helps you develop that positive mindset naturally. Awesome. And I don't mean I'm grateful for my husband. I'm grateful for my kids. I'm grateful for my house. What specifically are you grateful about? I'm grateful for my husband because I don't have to tell him to take out the trash. He just does it for me. Oh, now you're specific. You start to get the mindset behind it, behind the gratitude. You start to feel the emotion of gratitude when you're specific. That is good. That's the difference between writing down five things you're grateful for. That's nice. I'm always grateful for my husband. I'm always grateful for my kids. Great. (laughs) I mean, mean, I'm grateful for him, sure. But I'm grateful, and you start getting specific. You know, I'm grateful for kids because they make me laugh all the time. Yes. Now yeah. you start to feel the emotion. That is that is so I, I do the gratitudes, Peggy, and and uh and acknowledgments, which would be everlasting celebrations. I totally love that better. The best. And I agree, it's gotta be specific. Write it so that you would remember it five years from now when you read that and you can remember that moment of what you were grateful for or what you were celebrating in yourself that you did an accomplishment. You know, and that's it's powerful. It really does shift our mindset. Are your thoughts and emotion attached to that thought? We Mm. change habits through repetition and emotion. Oh, that's good. Change your habits through repetition and emotion. Yes, because if you don't have the emotion attached to it, then you're not going to follow through with it consistently. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. That is the impetus behind the, the habit change. Oh, so good. good. Peggy, I feel like I just went to master class. I'm telling I you. I I'm know. like typing so many notes, my thumbs hurt. <laughs> so good. It's so good. Hey, so apparently that's my style. <laughs> it is. You are like a mic drop, drop a bomb. He's the bomb dropper. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I would love um, to know how can people get a hold of you, Peggy. So say they're listening and they're like, oh my gosh, that's my issue. I am emotionally eating. That is what really is the root of my and I need Peggy's help. How do how do people get a hold of you? Well, they can go to my website, which I'm in the process of finishing up. And it's called Your Hunger Satisfied. YourHungerSatisfied.com? Yes. Oh, awesome. they can reach me on my phone number if you want my phone number. Well, we could put it in the show notes or or we could do uh, like a, your email. Yeah, that'll work. Um, okay. There'll be Peggy at Your Hunger Satisfied. Peggy at Your Hunger Satisfied. Love it. Yes. Dot com. Peggy, I just want to thank you so much for taking time to be with us and share with our listeners like what you're hungry for. What I love to that what you're talking about is even if someone doesn't have an emotional eating issue, everything you talk about, they can use in any area of their life. Like whatever it is, it really all comes down to the thoughts, just like you said. And we got to get to the root of that and we got to shift our mindset and it's life changing what you're sharing with us. And I just want to thank you so much for just the wisdom. And like Kat said, the the truth bombs that you're dropping. That's why I got certified as both a life coach and a health coach, because I found that it's the exact same thing. It's exact same techniques. Yeah. Yeah. And can you, I, I want you, I want our listeners and us to walk away with like a life changing hack, so to speak. That's the only word I can think of. The one that you helped me realize on the way down to Florida. Okay. She's talking about strategic, strategic indulgence. indulgence. Yeah. So let me set this up. Okay, we were at the gas station, and Kat loves sugar and candy. And we were at the gas station at, like, 2 in the morning. One of your most vulnerable times, I might add. Yeah, and so not even thinking about it, one of my favorite cookies, because I used to make it with my mom and my aunt, and I make them for my daughter. They're the kids' favorites, you know, and all that, um, are the no-bake cookies, the chocolate and peanut butter and oats no-bake cookies. And so I have these cookies. Well, typically, Kat would sit there and eat, you know, three or four of them until I was just like, bleh, with sugar, and then, you know, go to sleep or whatever. And so now tell me what you told, what you were telling us that, like, totally changed my life. Well, you no doubt thought, you know, I'm cheating. I'm going to have these cookies. I don't care. I'm going to cheat. I said, change it to strategic indulgence and i can understand people asking well what difference does that really make and it really does make a big difference it's a little subtle shift in your mindset in your perspective what it does because most people when they cheat think okay fine i'm going to finish eating these and i'll get back on track monday or at best tomorrow morning yeah and strategic indulgence 
gives you permission to get back on track at the very next meal mm. because it's something you plan. Okay, we're on a trip. I'm planning on having snacks whenever I feel like it. Okay, you plan that. But you don't have to wait until you get back to get on track. You can get back on track now. And you don't beat yourself up because it was something you planned. The trick is to savor those cookies. To truly eat and enjoy the experience. Most people, because we're cheating, eat in a hurry. We eat mindlessly because we feel guilty because we're cheating. Mm. No, take it away. Savor the experience. Enjoy them. But when the pleasure is gone, give yourself permission to put the rest away. That right there was the life-changing part that just, I am going to tell you that I got these Luigi ice things, like lemon ice things or whatever. I love those things. And so I'll eat those and popsicles all summer long. And so I got a box of those, had one just before we jumped on our call, a little strawberry one. And usually I'd be like, yeah, I need more. And I'd get another one and I would just keep doing that. And, um, I ate the one I ate, I eat it really slow now. And then I just enjoyed it. And then I'm done and I don't need a second one. I'm completely satisfied. And so same thing. I, one time I got a box of, well, actually right after that with my cookies, um, I was, I had heard what you said and it was like several hours later or a couple hours later and I went to get a cookie and I was fixing to fall asleep too. I don't know why I'm eating a cookie before I go to sleep. (laughs) You're on a car trip. Yeah. Yeah. So I start, I eat a cookie. Yeah. (laughs) I'm eating it. And then I go to get a second one. I take a bite and I'm like, well, wait a minute. Am I still enjoying this? No. So then I, you know, I was done. And, and then what really helped me understand what you were saying is that all of the things that we indulge in like that could be tied to a really good memory. Like if for me, you know, like you said, when we, when we eat, it reminds us of a childhood memory. And so I made those cookies, you know, from, I mean, I've had those cookies my whole life. My mom always made them and I, I lost my mom, you know? And so it's like, I've held on to making them every year, you know, and stuff like that at certain times because, and then, you know, letting my kids have that experience too, because I used to have my mom, you know? Yeah. And so I'm like, I like, I, I want to eat these cookies because it makes me feel good because I'm going back as a kid with my mom, you know? And so then I got the why behind it. You know, I found out the meaning and then that is what helped me stop and say, okay, if I'm not enjoying it anymore, that means I'm done with the memory, you know? And so I like after the, you know, couple bites of the second cookie I'm like yeah I'm not enjoying it anymore you know and I did it with the ice cream sandwiches like my grandma used to have them for me all the time it it would be a whole box of 12 just for me and she would let me eat them until I couldn't eat them anymore and then she'd wonder yeah then she'd wonder why I didn't eat dinner an hour later but <laughs> I'd eat like three of them. Oh so my I'd gosh. Eat one. Yeah. My and I got my the kids regular. would do the same thing if I let them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Something about ice cream sandwiches. But I would eat or I ate one and then I got up to go get a second one because I always laugh and I'm always like, I've always said, you you have to have two. You can't just eat one ice cream sandwich. No one can do that. (laughs) You have to have two. And so (laughs) I don't even know why I said that. Maybe I need to figure that out. I've never Uh, said that sentence in my life. (laughs) (laughs) But potato chips feel the same for me. You can't. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I was able to not eat that, eat that second, you know, ice cream sandwich. And I was like, oh my goodness, you know, and other girl. Yeah. Other things I've gotten the second one or whatever. And then been like, do I even want this? And then I didn't have to finish it, you know? So I will say Peggy, ever since our trip, I have tried to slow down eating, but I don't get it every time. Like, but I am more consciously aware of of it. So, cause I scarf my food. Becoming aware is the first step. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah, why yeah. if you're going to do that, continue doing that. But even if you don't succeed, take the time to do it mentally afterwards. Yeah. Because you're rehearsing the habit that you're putting into place. That's good. So that way you don't have to eat a second one like a cat. You can just mentally do <laughs> it and slow down. That's good. That's good. Like building that muscle. Yeah. 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 You need to build that muscle so that next time you start to remember, eventually you're going to remember halfway through the meal. Then Mm. you're going to remember in the beginning of the meal. Then you're going to do develop that as a habit. So don't beat yourself up because you didn't do it. Just, okay, what do I need to do? I need to think about how I would have done it. By eating slowly, you do it mentally. Then the next time it gets a little bit closer. Mm, that's I awesome. I love that. That's good. So that's good. another truth bomb right there, girl. To like mentally no. rehearse no. how you would have done it. Yeah. And that way you can keep backing it up to the point that you're actually aware before Shoot. you do it. That's, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. Progress is not linear. Sometimes it's not even a roller coaster. Sometimes it's a dog. <laughs> Repeat that you said it's not a, sometimes it's not a roller coaster, but it's a what? It's not linear. Right. Sometimes it's a roller coaster. Sometimes it's not even a roller coaster. It's a pinball. A pinball. And then it finally settles in to the roller coaster. (laughs) That's fantastic. It's okay. (laughs) It's a learning process. It's never a failure. It's always a learning opportunity. Yeah. What are we going to do different? Again, yes. Again yes. good for all life areas. All it is. Areas. That self-compassion yeah. that yeah. you talked about, curiosity, like that's how you approached, you know, discovering, you know, what was really, you were really hungry for was you approached it with curiosity. I love that. But we don't beat ourselves up. We never come up with a good plan when we beat ourselves up. We never improve when we beat ourselves up. If yeah. I feel all you want to do is go get more food to forget that we're right to go. Yeah, go feel yeah. better. <laughs> That's why it's a cycle. <laughs> That's right. Put a little oh steak gosh. on that bruise. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> yes. I that time I because I was embarrassed. I had so much food, and then I turned around wanting food to get rid of that feeling. That's yes. why it's a cycle. Mm-hmm. How do we break yeah. that cycle? Yeah. That's so good. So good. Peggy, thank so you got, so much. I know, oh, go I ahead. got to ask real quick. What's, before we go, 
you said uh, nobody wants to hang out with you is your old story. So what would be the title of your new story? We do. We do need a new story. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't quite come up with the title, Food, Community, and Food, because food is a community to me. It is a way to celebrate memories. It is a way to enjoy company with other people. Yeah. So a recipe for community would be my new movie. Aw. Oh, I love it. Recipe for community. So good. That is really good. So good. good. Thank you. I love it. I love it. And I love that you're a part of our community, too, because you're so fun and feisty and just. We love you, Peggy. Yeah, we do. Thank you very we much. I love love you. enjoy your guys' company as well. Yay. Good. You're stuck with us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much, Peggy, for your time and your wisdom and all yes. the truth problems that you gave our listeners and uh, and us. I'm, I was over yes. here taking notes. Oh, yeah. I got yeah. notes out the wazoo here. Same. Yeah. So it's going to be good. Thank you so much. We just pray just the biggest blessings on you and what you do for people because it is absolutely certainly life-changing. So thank you. Thank you. I am honored. And as as my friend Les would say, stay hungry. (laughs) 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 Hungry for the right thing. Right. Oh, okay. so good. You're satisfied with what you're truly craving. Yes. Thank you, Peggy. So if you want more info on Peggy, it's going to be in the show notes. Man, that was so good. You know, if your fearless journey with Becky Canton Heather is reaching out to you and just moving your heart in any way, then give us a rate, give us a like, whatever, and make sure you follow us because we are here to go on this fearless journey with you and share it with a friend. That's the way that we can help touch other people's lives. Thank you for being with us again. We'll see you next time when we continue our identity series, dive in a little bit deeper to ourselves on your fearless journey. 